0: Oh, hey everyone, here we are back again with the podcast Project Redemption, and we are coming to you from the Christian Product Expo, where a number of our authors, including Jen Levitt, are here to sign their books and meet with retailers. First of all, Jenny, welcome to the podcast. It's just a delight to have you here. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Let me first ask you just So we can get a sneak peek into how God worked in your life and drew you to himself. Mm -hmm. What was that redemption story in your life? Well, I was raised in a church that teaches
1: that God is distant, um, that you can't, you're not encouraged to pray to him directly. You're not encouraged to read your Bible. Um, You're actually taught that. You need to leave that for the people that know what they're talking about. They will teach you. Oh. And um, so I had a family member when I was in my teens that went to an in-home Bible study and heard about being born again, heard the message of salvation and gave her life to Christ. And there was such a radical transformation in her life. Radical. That um, it took about a year of her sharing her testimony with me. And she would um, share scriptures with me like this is actually what the bible says and at first i was like whoa we're you know we're not supposed to be doing that so i didn't tell her um but over the course of that year i was like looking up those scriptures and i still remember um laying on my bed i was 15 years old in my room at night by myself and i said god I don't know what to believe but if what she is telling me is true then I can talk to you and I know that I've done things that aren't right right. you know I said if if you're real I need you to forgive me and I want you to forgive me and I want to go to heaven and I wish I could say it was some fancy prayer but it wasn't it's pretty much all it was but in that moment God was so close that it was like I could feel him right there in that bedroom and I just knew that I was forgiven. It was like that—that that weight of all those bad choices and things that I had done was just lifted. And I had never gone to a, uh, you know, a church service and heard the message or anything at that point. That was just somebody's testimony impacting my life. Mm. Um, and you know, it took about a year. Um, I just started praying. I was like. I need to know how to do this I don't even know what to do and just started and in the course of that year just just from picking up a Bible and starting to read on my own um, God dealt with me about my mouth I, Wow yeah God dealt with me about my music i changed my music habits those are the two big things just from reading his word it's living and breathing yeah, and active it really is you know uh, and I thank God I um, I had started praying for just a good church where people just loved Jesus, and he did lead me to one, and eventually that's where I met my husband. And, um, wow. But yeah, no doubt in my mind that that was when God redeemed me that night, just mm. crying out with a very
0: simple prayer. Yeah, but an honest prayer. An honest prayer. And he loves to answer those kinds of prayers. He does, he does. Wow. Yep. So you have quite... story that you do tell in your book Mm -hmm. but I would just love to hear because you've got tons of examples from your life where you've gone through hard things that Mm -hmm. God has brought good things out of and you know God doesn't always make the hard thing or the bad thing or the trial good it's that he brings good out of it yes so yeah so Mm -hmm. tell us one of those stories that Really illustrates how he has worked in your life Mm -hmm. to restore you and restore, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe what the enemy meant for evil, Mm -hmm. God restored. Well, not long
1: after I gave my life to Christ as a teenager, when I started reading scripture, and again, I wasn't in church, I had never heard a sermon, I came across the verse that says, He will never leave us, He'll never forsake us. And I remember as a teenager, maybe part of that was because i'd been taught that god was so distant you know but just the thought that he wanted to be that close to me that he wouldn't leave me maybe that's why i clung to that so much but it just really through that season of my life was like the verse that i held on to and i didn't even know that just a few short years later when i was in my early 20s um I battled cancer and it wound up being stage four cancer and I had to go through chemo and radiation and surgeries and, you know, and at that point we, I was married and we had, um, Caleb was three and Jacob was a baby. There were so many times when I was like, okay, you said you'd never leave me, you said you'd never forsake me. So that wound up being like that anchor that I didn't even know that I needed, Um, but he gave it to me and so during that time um like one of the times that same season of life my mind battles were my boys because they were so young i knew at that point i had been a christian long enough that i was like i know i'm right with christ i know where i'm gonna go if i make you know if i die i know i'm gonna make him my home um but god my boys really like what is my how is my husband gonna be a single dad to a three-year-old and a three-month-old like how is this even going to happen and that was the constant mind battle for me and I was like somehow and I love Romans 8 and at that point that was another lifeline the whole chapter was a Mm -hmm. lifeline for me where I would like write parts of that and stick it up around my house and so I was like somehow you said that you're gonna work good out of this for those that love you and you know that I love you. So somehow, and I would still just get these assaults. And one night I went out in the living room in the middle of the night and I said, God, I'm not leaving until you give me some peace or something about this because I cannot keep having these mind battles about my boys. Like it's enough that I'm going through these treatments and everything, I, I can't be doing this. And I don't know, hour, hour and a half, it could have been 15 minutes when you're really like wrestling with God, I don't know. But in a moment of time, it was like he said, Jenny, they were yours before they were mine. I love them more than you do. If I choose to call you home, I'm going to take care of them. Mm. And it was such a like, oh, okay. <laughs> that has settled it. Like yeah. that was no longer a mind battle to me, even when the boys were growing up. It wasn't a mind battle. So then fast forward to 2015. Um, our boys were on the way home from a church event and were hit by a drunk driver. And that youngest boy that was a baby back at that time was 17 and um, died mm-hmm. on, on the roadway at the accident scene. And I didn't know that at the time. And I was at the house. We had just heard that there was an accident. My husband was going to the accident scene. And I was pacing back and forth there's so much uncertainty and i finally it was that same mind battle my boys 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 and i finally said god it's enough all those years ago you said they were yours you said you loved them if it's our boys i'm just gonna have to trust you you said you love them more than me mm. and and it that gave me such a peace that I'd had 20 something years before that same peace settled over me um and I'm not trying to say that it was easy because it was not easy when we found out that we lost Jacob but that same peace was like all right God somehow you brought good out of the cancer because there were I could there were so many things that God had brought good out of that season of our life that I was like, all right, somehow you're going to turn this for your your good. You're going to get glory for this somehow. Mm. And he has. You know, my my husband is a man's man. And so he's always like, "Mm, if the devil's going to take one of our sons, we're going to give the devil a black eye. We're going to tell people how good God is, how he's been faithful, how
0: he's walked with us. Mm. And he has. Carol was mentioning when we were pitching your book to the retailers about how at what point was it that you looked back and realized that the one God took was the one that was saved? Mm. Tell us about that.
1: So the one that Jacob Jacob passed, the one that survived, Caleb, um, he was involved in church. Uh, Caleb has always been our stubborn one, mm. strong-willed, stubborn. Um, so him and my husband, when Caleb was growing up, they butted heads a lot. I really was hopeful that Caleb was right with Christ. You know, you always hope that your children are. He was serving, he was in the church serving. Right, right. Um, but it wasn't, he was in a medically induced coma for a while after the accident. And it wasn't until he actually came out of that, um, which I'm actually grateful I wasn't there that night because he asked about Jacob right off the bat. Mm. Um, but it came out that he did not think he thinks that he would have not gone to heaven if he had died and there's like a whole story about that I write about it in the book but he was having nightmares in the ICU unit um, where he was being chased and got to the edge of a cliff and in his nightmare he was like if I go over I'm going to hell I know it in his dream in his nightmare right and so when he um, came out of the coma and he prayed with my husband and was like I know I'm not right and so he got his heart right the other two that hit him the other two boys were 18 years old um, three times the legal limit drunk in the state of Florida mm. my husband is that actually tried to talk to them just they were not believers which that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story too. how God brought that around but and then Four days after the accident, I found a poem that Jacob wrote, and Jacob's not a writer, he was an artist. He did all kinds of leather tooling and painting and stuff with his hands. So that he wrote a poem is significant in itself, but the poem is called Holding Me. And in the poem, he wrestles and says, he knows he's a sinful man. God, how can you, how can you care for me? How would, you, how would you still want me? I know who I am. But then he crosses the rubicon is how he says it and god forgives him and he and then the last two verses he says um and now i'm in the heavenly city dancing on the streets of gold seeing my savior face to face whoa and that was how six long month, before six months he had signed jacob loved his name so he had signed it with a flourish jacob levitt february 2015. And he passed away August 30th, 2015. Wow. God so was preparing he was. Him. That, so back to what I was saying before, that night when I had cancer and God gave me that peace, that no matter what happens to you, I love your boys more than you love them. Right. I will take care of them. So when I found that poem, I was like, oh my gosh, God, you are so amazing to me. That you would do something so good and prepare my son six months before he saw you wow and know that the other son was not ready and that was his wake-up call yes and that was his wake-up call and you know he's had a lot to work with he's had to work through survivor's guilt and anger oh yeah all those things but thank god he is healthy spiritually he just got married this year Mm. Um, you know him and his wife both love jesus with all their hearts And it's like, God, you have brought such good. Not a a tragedy. A tragedy.
0: When did you know you were supposed to write this story?
1: Um, I joke around. And it's really kind of only a half joke that if it wasn't for COVID, I don't know if it would have gotten fully written because I had, I had been feeling within probably a year or two after COVID that I needed to start writing it. But there's a therapeutic process Mm. to sometimes writing hard stories. Yep. And I was like, I don't want to just put stuff out there that, and I'm not healed yet. And I'm not saying I'm perfectly healed now. Right. But the things that I do write about, I feel pretty confident that those are areas that God has brought healing and been able to use our story to help other people. Right. You know, that aren't as far along on their journey, either with their walk with Christ,
0: or maybe they're going through some hard times. So So God prints a true story, finding evidence of God in the shattered pieces of life. And let me just say, um, if you wanna encourage those that you know that are going through hard things, you couldn't find a better book than this, which will take them and give them hope that God really can work amazing redemption and restoration out of really hard things. And if we have some people listening today, they want to get a hold of you, connect with you on social media or your website, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: My website is my name, so it's really easy jennylevitt.com, L E A. People sometimes leave, leave out there. Jenny, L
0: E A V I T T. It's in the show notes down below. So thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you,
1: Athena. It's been
0: wonderful being here. Amen. All right. So see you next week. Bye for now.